This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Johnny Smith I'm Richard Porter And this is Smith & Sniff in which two friends talk about cars and also DJ Khaled and Lost Passports <laughs> Nice big sniff now that I've pressed record it's always the wrong yeah. way to do it isn't it? Have <laughs> <laughs> you noticed that? Uh, was it last week or the week before when I was going through it both of us had a bit of a claggy throat, I think. There was, there was more coughing than normal that I tried to just clip out where I could because yeah. it is actually, it spikes the levels, something rotten. I and I hadn't even noticed that I was doing it. And it was like, there was a bit. Yeah. I did have a bit actually where I was talking and I just I started going, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> you just get a full clag on. You, like you, your throat bogs down. Did you have an anti-clag turbo? Or was no, it, I did. Uh, <laughs> suffering from turbo clag. Is, is it... Um, is it like Exmoor sheep who have a very claggy, woolly arsehole? And they, mm. it's, it's, it's the anti-clag back door that they're constantly have striving we, for. Have we talked before? I think I might have said that it always baffles me that dogs still exist because they're so thick sometimes <laughs> that you just think, in nature, how has the dog survived this long? Constantly eating its own shit and stuff. It's like there's oh, a species gosh. that looks like it's sealed so very and here are us kindly humans stepping in and go look if you agree to let us train you not to shit on our carpets <laughs> we will help you not to completely eradicate your own species by eating anything and everything and then getting ill and dying <laughs> okay it's I, a deal <laughs> i but think i that's... feel like sheep are another one what the bloody hell a sheep i mean i they're I, I not trying to sheep's... survive they're not but really. a lot of sheep's problems might be sort of related to mankind in as much as the classic sheep gambit of getting their stupid heads stuck in fences and yeah. then getting very raggy when you try and help them. I re- I'm, but if you if you were in a pub quiz and somebody said, "Who is more dim, <laughs> a sheep <laughs> or DJ Khaled?" What would you have to say? <laughs> I mean, well, it's it prompts thought, does it not? It's like saying, who's more of a show-off, a peacock at a stately home or Jason Derulo? (laughs) Who would you rather have in your house, an actual pit bull or the recording artist pit bull? (laughs) Because I'd go with the dog every time. I couldn't be doing with him mincing around my living room in his aviators with his stupid (laughs) slap head talking about himself loudly. Have you noticed... Have you noticed how I've 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 I messaged old um, 
Chris Harris last week because I said, "What seriously, can I ask what is going on with Freddie Flintoff's pre-internet era sex tourist glasses that he wears? <laughs> He's wearing proper Ford Scorpio driver's glasses. I know. Why? I thought it was ironic at first, and it's not. And he's yeah. obviously very pleased with them because he wears them all the time. Well, I suppose they're his glasses, so he has to if he's short-sighted. But, yeah. yeah they are a bit street prowler off of the they're 80s. A bit, they're like street prowler <laughs> has mugged Deirdre Barlow in the 80s. <laughs> Very odd. But yeah, you know they, I, I had them down as? If you've watched that BBC um, series, I think it's BBC, called The Serpent... About that. Oh, I haven't watched that. With, with um, with, with, with oh, well, who's the actress in it? She's brilliant. <sighs> yes, I know who you mean, and I can't remember. Olivia, Olivia, either. not Olivia Coleman. No, although she's Thingy also Cole. Um, her surname's Cole. Lily Cole? No. Um, Bums. No, it'll come. It's also me. got that guy in it who's really brilliant. And <laughs> but anyway, the serpent. It reminds me. He he wears. He constantly wears tobacco tinted aviators in that. But of course, it's set in the seventies, so it's allowed. Yeah, and uh, I've got a feeling that, and it's it's a very well shot, obviously based on true story, pretty sinister thing. But yeah, I'm I'm wondering if Flintoff's going to break out into the the serpent spec <laughs> tobacco leaf tinted flight glasses as my as as I used to know them as <laughs> flight glasses. <laughs> I I I have a mild phobia of aviators. Do you? Yeah, because I think. I think over ninety percent of people they simply don't suit, and I, I feel the urge to have to. I want to say something to them, like please don't wear those. Mostly women. I just don't think they suit women. Really? No, they don't work. They're not the shape of anyone's face. Um, they're just not. I disagree. Not, uh, My wife's got a pair of aviators, which she doesn't actually wear anymore. I don't think I haven't seen her wearing them for ages. Because she realised she looked in the mirror, she looked like a sex tourist. No, you see, I, I say th- I think she looks very attractive in her aviators, and I've got a pair of aviators which I haven't worn for ages, but I keep them in um, my Defender as emergency <laughs> car sunglasses. I keep them in my uh, in a in a in a case which is in the shape of a Jaguar XJS. Uh, it's also <laughs> a Jaguar XJS, and that's where I keep them. I've got a Jaguar XJS storage case. Oh yeah, how big is it? It's the size of a Jaguar. I mean, it is a Jaguar, it is a Jaguar XJS, XJS. If I'm honest, that's um, what it is. No, I see. I'm going to dispute that. I think aviators can look quite cool on people, unlike wraparound sunglasses, which don't suit anybody in the world ever. What do you mean, like the ones we talked about a few podcasts ago? The did we talk like, about the podcast, or was that what? a real life conversation? <laughs> I, I can't, can't remember. remember the high end running glasses. High end yes. running. That the, they, they look. They're instantly out of date. But because they're just... And awful. And, and awful. Just, I mean, also, uh, I just don't... You know, ooh, now, who's my style icon? I think Paula Radcliffe. It yeah, that's true. No, that doesn't It's not happen. a thing. I tell you, now, on the aviators front, new uh, celebrity aviator enthusiast, I notice, is uh, President of the United States, Joe Biden. Does he go for the old... He old rocks an aviator. Yeah, but then he is a gentleman of a certain age. But He's uh, a la- yeah, he, Did you see that Doesn't he drive a Corvette? He does have a Corvette, well, yeah. I think um, he's not which, allowed to drive it anymore. The boxes have been ticked, right? He's has old Corvette, yes. Probably has at, bleached white New Balance trainers with um, fawn <laughs> slacks, check. <laughs> and I bet he, he's a big enthusiast of the chinos if he's not uh. wearing a suit. <laughs> I bet he's got his mobile phone clipped on the outside of his trousers. Oh, in a, in a black faux leather pouch. Yeah, and that's because yeah. he gets in and out of a sports car and he doesn't want to chafe the seats. So he's a, he's a thinking man. 
but um yeah i can see that biden aviators on the biden are, are good like you say era correct Yes, period. But, um, yeah, those, those era correct sunglasses <laughs> for that man in his is he in his seventies or eighties? I can't remember. But, <laughs> I think yes. he's in his. Like, anyway, I'm gonna. I'm, I, I think aviators are quite cool. Actually, I can think of two people where aviators work. Um, the on. original Mad Max with Mel Gibson, I think, right at the beginning when he's doing all the checks on his car and listening in on the walkie-talkies because he knows the um, the Night Rider is coming. And he's got to mm. intervene. And that, that sequence is quite epic. I think he has some dirty tobacco tints on them with driving gloves. Or they could be fingerless gloves. <laughs> I can't remember which makes it ultra seedy. But anyway, it's set in the future, so it's fine. Um, and then the other one is uh, probably Tom Selleck in Magnum because it's it's the combination of open shirt, just an, an abundance of, of um, chest pubes and tobacco tints and sunny weather and the bright hawaiian shirt that does work wait hang on are you just talking when you're talking about aviators are you talking exclusively about the tobacco tint rather than the mirrored uh yeah see i'm I'm, does anybody suit the the full mirror apart from a helicopter pilot uh, well yeah because what about tom cruise in top gun did he not rock some mirrored aviators well, I suppose he is an actual aviator, isn't he? <laughs> so, yeah. so, 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 I think the criteria, the criteria is, are you an aviator? No, I drive a Kia Karens, right, don't wear them. Yeah. Nice watch you got there. What is it? It's a submariner, is it? And where's your submarine? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess it's I've the same principle, it. isn't it? Yeah. When was the last yeah. time you went coral diving? I can't swim. Right, take it yeah. off. <laughs> I've actually done, I'm, uh, I'm a- hydrophobic. Hydrophobic, is that right? Aquaphobic? Basically, I've got rabies, and uh, <laughs> so this watch has become highly ironic. Uh, I think the person anyway. that doesn't suit aviators at, at all, and probably probably an easy target, is DJ Khaled, bringing the conversation back. DJ Khaled, yes. Yeah. What um, does DJ Khaled suit, apart from being strapped to a coffee table and thrown into the North Sea? <laughs> I... He, he's... He's inspiration to everybody in that you you can cannot really have a talent and you can gormlessly shout your own name at the beginning of every track and become a multimillionaire as a consequence. And I'm sure he's a lovely family man, but he strikes me as being a colossal thickie. And yeah, I, I haven't really not given much thought, but now you've mentioned it. DJ Khaled. I mean, he's in there. He just, you're right, he does just shout his own name. Imagine going into a VIP room in a club, if those things exist both clubs and VIP rooms, and you've got DJ Khaled, Jay Balvin, Sean Paul and Jason Derulo all sat around a table <laughs> trying to do, like, showy, showy shot drinking. I'd just be like, oh, gosh, this is... this is, Please, world, swallow me up. This is awful. No, no, I've got, I've got a worse situation for you. Imagine taking those people into the British Library. <laughs> that would be, that would be amazing. Here, just to remind you... You have to keep your voices. Oh my god! Stop shouting! Can you put them in a? Could you put them in the Getting back of a plain van and do a? You're going to storm a house at three a.m. of a, of a, of a well-known aggressive drug lord, and you've got you've got Derulo, Paul, Khaled, Balvin. What if you brought a sound system, we don't need this. Oh my god! Oh my god! Whatever you do, or don't shout. Spring watch. With DJ Khaled, Shawnee Paul, oh, that and would... Pitbull. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God! Oh, oh, that'd be amazing. Stop it! You've scared off all the badgers, you fuckwits. <laughs> and Balvin would go, 
isn't it amazing the sort of the mating dance that these birds do and they only do it in this time of year and and Darula will go I can dance better than that watch and then stamp stamp around and <laughs> fall then, in a lake <laughs> he does does his sort of faux Michael Jackson dancing and then all the deer in the region run away and that's it for yeah. the next two weeks <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, DJ BBC Natural History Unit. Uh, this is in your hands now. Please, yeah, not bloody hell. Out. That needs to happen for comic relief, doesn't it? Now, look, guys. Listen, look, guys. And when I say guys, I mean specifically you. Um, uh, you've had a bit of a torrid time since we last spoke. It was. And, yeah. Um, it... This has been mentioned on social media, but <laughs> I thought I have to. I have to ask more questions. The headline is: Saturday before last, you ended up living in Frankfurt Airport. Yeah, that's correct. I had a connecting flight on the way back from Croatia um, at Frankfurt. I couldn't get a direct flight, and I went out there to drive the new Rimac hypercar. And the Which, video of that drops tomorrow. Yeah, it will is be tomorrow. Correct? It will be tomorrow. So I, I can't, I can't tomorrow. reveal its 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 finished name, and I can't reveal what what it was like. But I mean, they've revealed the specs anyway. I mean, it's bonkers, but um, it's just under two thousand horsepower. So it was exciting. So I went. Let's put it like this: I went from f- driving flat out and filming probably the most expensive car in the world right now, uh, two million euros. 258 miles an hour the the best of every piece of tech on on this earth um, to an airport where I got on the plane and then I went from there to what happened was I was I had the last seat on the plane so I had the back back of the plane seat sat mm. down I was really quite tired hadn't slept very well and um, was just knackered after two days filming and um I think I did the schoolboy error, which I've never done. I've never lost my passport, Rich. Hmm. Um, I think I put the passport down on the seat next to me because there was no one sitting on it. So it was a smaller plane. And I got woken up just before we landed and I realised my connecting flight was very tight and they wouldn't, they refused to check me in all the way through. So I knew I had to recheck in at, at Frankfurt Mm. So I was a bit in a flush, and I knew I couldn't get off the plane before anybody else. So I was. I said to, specifically, I said to the the, the hostess lady, I said, "Listen, do you know? Because um, Frankfurt's notoriously a massive airport. Um, do you know mm. how long it's going to take me to recheck in? Because I'm worried I'm going to miss it." He said, "Oh, it's fine. Um, Frankfurt Airport's only operating out of one terminal right now." I said, "Oh, that softens the blow a bit." Okay, and I think I just waiting for everyone to get off the plane who was so slow. You know, just a rush. I think I got up and I didn't do the look back check. You know, oh. you do your lifesaver look over the shoulder blind always. spot in a drive in when you're driving a car. Yeah, but always the look back on getting off anything. Have I to mean, do the look back. Do it on the tube and stuff. It's yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't do the look back. Okay, I grabbed my bags and I went. And what yeah. ha- I'm sure the passport was left on the seat. Now, slightly annoyingly, it was only me on the plane and a hostess, and she must have <laughs> not seen it. And that, if that had happened, it would have changed what happened for the next. 18 hours significantly so I get off the plane get onto the the bus and instantly on the bus I'm starting to pat myself and realize where I normally would pat myself for my passport is is not there I I empty my bag in front of confused people I think I'm huffing and puffing in disbelief you're on a bus going across the tarmac I'm going a bus you can't can't run back through a tunnel or any of that no I said to the bus driver as soon as we pulled up I think I've left my passport on the 
um, on the plane, and he just he didn't give any shits. So he just pointed to our oh, Lufthansa service is over there. So I ran to Lufthansa service, and it was closed for refurbishment. I was like, oh, that's really handy. Thank you. Bearing in mind mm. this is a Sunday. Oh, sorry. Bearing in mind this is a Saturday night. Mm. Uh, is it a Saturday? Yes, yeah, a Saturday night. Um, <clears throat> and Germany doesn't do a great deal on a Sunday. We were they one don't, of, do they? No, they're still quite trad. And I don't, mm. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I mean, it just makes it slightly more tricky when one loses one's passport and it's one of the last flights operating out of that airport that day. So I'm in a panic. <clears throat> I run uh, to um, where I think I need to go. So, that, like I said, the Lufthansa desk is closed. I run to the police. They don't seem to really care. Sort of lots of shrugging. Okay, <laughs> have you checked lost and found? No, I don't know where it is. They made a phone call. They went, ah, oh, yeah, lost and found. Is, everyone's been made redundant. And um, Oh, my God. Lost and found. There's only one employee in the whole of Frankfurt Airport, and they work, like, Monday and Thursday. I go, right. Well, that, that immediately not helpful. So I run across. I mean, you know what it's like. I'm running... And I'm I'm getting so hot and flustered. I have to go mm. through security check to get across to where I'm going, through one security check to a different part of the terminal. Can't go through immigration, so I'm in that I'm entrapped in international t- um, territory. I think they call it. So it isn't classed as waters, yeah. it's not classed as Germany yet. Ah. So I find, yeah, yeah I'm running around, and I realise that my my connecting flight is the window is shrinking. I, I, I find another, I find another Lufthansa desk, and um, the guy has got a big queue. Get to the end of the queue, and I explain it. And luckily, he actually seems to listen. I've asked numerous people all the way. <clears throat> got absolutely bollocked by a cleaner because I was hanging oh. around. A, yeah, I got bollocked in German by a cleaner because I was hanging around in an area where you're not allowed to loiter, apparently. But he, I was just trying to explain to him that I did. He said, "You need to go through here with your." With your in Germany, with your boarding pass, I said I don't have my boarding pass, and he said, "What? You just need to go and get it." And I was like, "I can't get it because it's gone." That's the point. Were you talking to him in German. I talked a little bit in German, and I started shouting in English because I was very sweaty and very stressed. Because <laughs> I still had a, I still had been a, sehr sweaty. <laughs> I still had a, a sliver of a chance of catching a plane at this point, although yeah. I didn't. I just thought I did. Um, so, Lufthansa guy tries to to sort out my 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 issue. The flight uh, comes and goes. Mm-hmm. He 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 can't get a straight answer about where my where my where my thing is, and then he clocks off on his shift. And he says, "Oh, just so you know, the whole airport just shuts at ten o'clock at the moment because nobody uh, nobody flies very much at the moment, so it's operating on a." A reduced schedule, I suppose. So you are now well, trapped inside a closing down airport. Yeah, but in a specific area. And this is Saturday night still, and you're yeah. You're this in is Saturday night. Waters. Apparently, I think Eurovision was on. So there's only one mm. positive I take away from this, and that is I didn't see or hear anything about Eurovision because I was trapped in a, I was admittedly in a European place, uh, but without <laughs> a television and without any shits being given about Eurovision because it's a tragic waste of money. But anyway, I um, I was so I said, okay, well, what what can I do? He said, there's there's one thing you can do. 
he said, I'm going to take you to the police in a minute and just explain that you're going to be sleeping here tonight somewhere in this area. But before he did that, he said, this kiosk opens at six o'clock tomorrow morning. And he Mm. said, you need to be here the minute it opens because that plane that you got off leaves for another country at eight. And if the police or any Lufthansa staff haven't rechecked it by then, you'll probably never see your passport again. Oh, my God. So I go, oh, shit. Right, okay. Um, Okay, fine. So I I do a recce of the, the area of the airport that I'm allowed in and all the shops are shutting and I do I go through my bag for the fourth time just to make sure I haven't accidentally squirreled my passport I even check inside my trousers and pants in the toilet because I thought oh I don't know maybe I've stuck it in my pants I don't know I'm just I'm thinking of everything I've probably put my passport up my arse just for (laughs) safekeeping exactly I slipped it inside a a greasy condom and I've just wedged it into my jacksie because that's a really logical thing to do when you're on a flight no so I I, I'm doing that and I'm I'm getting a bit I'm, I'm getting a bit flustered and I'm and I'm annoyed with myself because I have quite a ritual of passports because I usually fly several times a month up until the world went upside down but anyway alas not I managed to find in my bag um, a, a, a swag of euros in cash maybe 50 euros in change and loose notes something <laughs> well that's good there's a lot of opportunities for vending machines there I found two vending machines that I could live because on. hang on did you not also did, did was this the point at which you discovered your credit card wasn't working yeah i went to buy some um what did i buy i think i bought some quiche because it's the only thing that was left on this closing stand and i went to buy that and a drink and um some fresh orange juice and my credit card just got denied and my credit card had been playing up a little bit i noticed in the last few days i think the actual card the chip on the card is maybe damaged because i i do have enough money i'm not just lying um, and so, yeah, that's that stopped working. And that's the point where I realised I had to make sure I had enough of that. Luckily, I brought a puffer jacket with me that I could use as a uh, blanket slash pillow. Um, I found- How many people are in the airport? So when it gets to sort of 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. are you last man standing is there, there no were there around? was there was a couple maybe two or three there was one guy in shorts and a t-shirt who looked like he'd been he's, he's a trapped holiday maker he was just <laughs> pacing up and down um shout, shouting so i avoided him i went to a different part of the terminal uh area um i found a kid's soft play area that had, that had been sanitized and obviously no kids were around and i seriously thought this could be the best place to dwell for the night it's <laughs> soft yeah. um but then i thought yeah but children are mucky so I don't trust them. So I'm not going to do that. So I found a really quiet place where they were playing a corporate video on a TV screen, which had a really short turnaround time. It was, I think, three minutes. So I watched, oh, I think after about the eighth watch of that or the eighth listen of it, it's like, no, bollocks to this. I've got to go. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I was, they leave the lights on? They did. They left most of the lights on, yes. And in okay. fact, the guy, bless him, the, when the guy clocked off from Lufthansa, I never got his name. He said, I'm finishing up now. I'm locking up. I will take you. I'll walk you because I'm going this way anyway. I'll take you to where the federal police main kiosk is and you can have a conversation with them. So he took me to the federal polizai and had the conversation about it. And the, the guy was, I mean, not massively helpful, friendly, but not, not very helpful. And he said, oh, uh, you, uh, it's sleep on Z, Z, uh, Z, Z, Z13. 
yeah, you could go down go down to Z thirteen. He said that is that if I was sleeping here, that's the best place for to sleep. So I went down there, and the, sure enough, I think the chairs were a bit more comfortable. And um, so I went down there, and then yeah, sort of survived the night. And um, and this is Saturday night because I got the Saturday first night. message I got from you was about five a.m. on Sunday morning because mm. it was on my phone when. Yeah, so that would have been, I set my alarm to make sure I got to the Lufthansa um, kiosk um, at six o'clock sharp, as I was told to do. Got there, it's not open. I wait till 6.30, it's still not open. I'm like, I've had a bit of a sense of humour failure now because I'm tired, I'm weary, I've got a reasonable amount of BO on the go, probably seven out of ten. Yeah. So I'm like, this is just bollocks. I've been told that categorically this opens. I went to the police, of which every time I go and see the police, when I come back, I've got to go back through um, a security pat down. And every time oh, I went back through the security, which was really quite stressful, every time I went back through the security pat down, they took one more thing off me that they maybe hadn't realised shouldn't have been on a plane. <laughs> so I was gradually losing belongings. So they, they, the, the, you are not allowed trousers the, the, in here. The, the second time I went, they took my toothpaste. I was really pissed off about that, even though it was half used. It was all I had. And the third time, I had a, a, um, I had a really nice spun aluminium water bottle I got from the Skoda Enyaq launch. And, it, and I was topping it up from a fountain because I found a water fountain. So I thought, well, good water supply. That'll keep me going. I know I'm not exactly Ray Mears, but you know what I mean. And, um, and, they, and I forgot it still had, I don't know, half water drunk in it. Well, without telling me, they opened my bag um, at the, while I was putting my belt on and stuff. And they took the bottle out and they never put it back in. They, took, they just took it. So I got back to my seat area like a like a tramp does, um, and thought I'd I'll, I'll top my bo- bottle up, and it wasn't there. So they took my Enyaq bottle, bastards. And and I'm thinking I've got to reduce my amount of trips to the police because it's getting out of hand. The police <laughs> said they've they've called through again. There's nobody at Lost and Found. There's none of the cabin staff have reported anything, and. I graduated, when I went back, Lufthansa had opened, but it opened, and there was about thirty people in the queue. It had gone from nothing uh. to, to VMAX. So I'm in the queue for flipping ages. And then I finally meet a woman called Alina, a middle-aged lady working for Lufthansa, who's really, she's a fantastic listener, and she could tell, I think she could sense how weary I was. You, Possibly you were a man she, on the ragged edge. I think even through a, an efficient German mask, she might be able to smell me. And um, <laughs> she, 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 she tried to get to the bottom of it. But she said, she actually said this to me. I said, look, I don't understand why nobody seems to care or, like, what's the protocol for this? She says, I'll be honest with you, we don't have a firm system for when somebody loses their passport in this area. I said, but people must do it. They must do it every day in the world. I said, mm. I've never lost my passport in my life, but at least I've lost it on, on, a, on controlled airside circumstances. Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, she she does help me, and she said, right, there's a flight at 2 p.m. today. There's one at 8, you're not going to make that, or half 8, whatever it was. There's one at 2 p.m. She said, I'm going to, let's let's get the details for the embassy. So me and her contacted the embassy in Berlin. While she contacted them, she booked me on the flight. Thankfully, because I hadn't been able to check in on the flight when it was connecting the day before, um, she said, oh, you've, whoever booked your flight, it's a flexi ticket. 
So um, we won't charge you any extra for, for, for that. You can just book that ticket. So I was like, oh, that's, that's a bonus, because I thought it was going to cost me about three and a half hundred quid for a new flight. But I was willing to take it right now. I was a broken man. But the thing is, she got a confirmation a couple of hours later from the embassy to say, yeah, they, we've made a note. Luckily, I had a photo in my phone of my passport with its number and its details because of doing all the COVID testing. I had to photograph my passport. Hmm. So I had that as proof. I had my driving license, which helped. Um, but every single time I went through a security thing and they said, can we have your passport? I said, no, I don't have one. <laughs> and of course, it, like alarm bells ring. <laughs> And I had to do this. I, I, I kid you not. I had to do this six times. And you have to start the com- the chain of conversation from the top. So by the end of it, you've just got the driest mouth. You, you're bored of your own story. And honestly, it made me feel. It made me. And you're feel, doing this from behind a mask, presumably. As I'm doing well, this from. So. so I've had to wear a mask for the entire time I'm at the airport. So I've had to sleep with a mask on. It's just uh. awful. Honestly, I mean, the smell of my own mouth. Just on full <laughs> EGR mode. It's just awful. <laughs> So what happens is in the end, with a lot of conversations, I do manage to finally get through. Then I'm, I get to the gate really early because I think I don't want to I want to allow for every every eventuality here. Get to the gate and I speak to a really helpful guy who's doing the document checks for COVID and all the other shizzle. Oh, obviously, I've picked a perfect time to lose my passport in the middle of a pandemic as well, when there's eight times more paperwork for every every traveller. He, he checks all my stuff and he says, okay, I understand your situation. I think we're okay. I think we're good to go. You stand here and I'll make sure that there's a plenty of time for Lufthansa to get you on the flight. There's an old lady who, who goes in the queue for her documents and she hasn't filled in this form properly on the government website. And she said, oh, well, I, a friend of mine filled it out for me. He said, well, I can't let you on the plane without that. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. He looked around and he's, he's looked at me and he said, don't suppose you could help this lady fill in this online form because she can't get on the plane without it. So I start, I said, yeah, OK, well, I'm, I'm thinking I'm on the home straight now. I've just got to get into England and hopefully get through immigration in England. This lady sits down next to me. She's born in the UK, but she's lived in Denmark for 50 years. She's probably in her 70s. She's got a smartphone, but she she's not particularly quick with it. And... I have to fill out with her this whole new governmental form. And honestly, it, it took me less than 10 minutes to do it. 40-odd minutes in, and they, they've called most of the people through and onto the plane. 
the guy is now looking at me and he shouts over to me he says you've got to get on the plane in the next five minutes otherwise I'm shutting the gate and I said but I've got to help this woman otherwise she can't get on the plane oh and I God. felt invested with this uh. woman called Janine I felt invested like, I've got to help her <laughs> Janine and I said to Janine well can we kind of walk and fill it out at the same time I was getting <laughs> so stressed and she was like um, and then it got to the question like oh there's a serial number on your COVID kit we need the serial number so we can cross reference that you've actually bought it and that it's gone to your house she went yeah well someone else ordered that kit so I don't really I'm like oh shitting hell oh. she's now searching through her emails like one at a time which is just <laughs> taking minutes <laughs> oh it's so stressful so that 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 happened. Um, I managed in the end. She was on like the last question, which is like, "Can you please enter your where you're staying for the fourth time, and and are you promising to definitely quarantine?" I said, "Listen, I've got to get on this plane. If I miss this plane, I'm doomed." I get on the plane. I don't see her again. Uh, Janine it turns out Janine did get on the plane because she sent me an email, and the reason why she had my email is because she couldn't find the government website that she needed to fill in so in the end i just copied and pasted the link onto an email and put her email address in. so I said it's quicker to do that when we're in such oh a my rush God. so janine has my email address not in a pervy way and um so we did get back but yeah and then when i got back immigration was actually Heathrow immigration were, were brilliant i think without that photograph of my real passport i would have been snookered but they mm. were they were really helpful. I managed to get through with a, a bit of a bit of um, ducking and diving. I managed to get through that, and then I get to and I thought, oh, this is a bit of euphoria. Get myself a coffee, walk out to long, go to Longstay on the on the bus. There's no one else on the bus. It's just it's weird right now. You have to call for a bus when you're in the car park, mm. and the bus just comes to get you because it doesn't just keep running round in circles every five minutes. Oh. Why did you long stay when you're only supposed to be away for 24 hours? Wouldn't you medium stay? Uh, or even short stay if they're doing deals? I was going to do short stay and I just looked at the price and went, no, screw you, San Diego. The bus <laughs> doesn't take that long. And Chop said the same thing to me. Why, why didn't you just go short stay? I said, oh, I don't know. I just didn't. Anyway, I didn't. I um I get to the car park and I realise, oh, I pre-booked the car park and I'm like, whatever it is, nine hours late for picking my Uh-oh. car up. I'm in mm-hmm. Chops' Jimney because I was having my electric press car swapped with another one on the day I was out filming, so I had to take her car. Well, I'm walking across the car park to the kiosk where you um, where you pay. I found a pound on the floor. I thought, oh, that's nice. I found a one-pound coin. That's kind of lucky. Mm-hmm. I, buzzed the, I, buzzed, I buzzed the kiosk guy and tell him, tell him um, that I'm, I'm later than I expected. He said, oh, go, just drive to, the, drive to the barrier and we'll sort it out there. Make sure you've got your card and your payment. I get there and I buzz it. And this is nice, actually. This is good. I don't know if I should say this, but I, I buzz and I said... Um, I said I've I've lost my passport. So I, I mean, at I've this been point, you are airport. sort of you're Steve Martin in planes, trains, and automobiles. Sort of that. You're, I'm you're very that weary. Kind of raggedy sweatiness that he reaches. Yeah. What's weird is I'm really calm by this point. I've gone beyond yeah. anger. I'm just really calm because I've got to conserve my energy. I've been conserving energy now for several hours. So um, I'm 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 running on on reserve power, economy mm. mode. And he said, mm. uh, "He said, oh, I lost my passport once. He said, I landed in Sydney to see some friends, and I lost it um, on, in the airport terminal somewhere. He said, it was really difficult. It sort of it really ruined my holiday. 
And then he said, okay, on, on you go. And the barrier went up. I said, but I've, I've been in the car park, like uh, whatever it is, like 10 hours longer than I should have. He goes, you've had a bad enough time. I can, I'm allowed to give people leeway depending. So he said, Aww. just just go. And and that was really lovely. And I drove home, and I got I managed to get home in time for a Sunday roast. So that was nice. Oh, I, I, apart from the fact that I got home and checked my emails, and I I got done for speeding the week before. But uh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I feel like that's that's yeah separate. It's it's a separate incident. You're alive. You're home. I'm alive, and I'm yeah. home, and I'm safe. And I want to say a big thank you to Elena at Lufthansa, and I want to say a big thank you to Heathrow Immigration. And also the next day. I guess that's when Mr. Lost and Found in Frankfurt turns up. Oh, yeah, we've uh, Lufthansa cabin crew have found your passport. We would like to send it back to you. And like, of course you have, because I knew it was there all along. And, yeah. and and that's why all of my clothes smell so bad of BO, I'm going to have to incinerate them in the back garden. <laughs> <laughs> also, after spending so long in an airport and on aeroplanes, were you that sort of where you just feel a bit slimy like you reckon you you could probably take a palette knife to one of your forearms I and felt, just remove a layer of yeah I just felt like scum. I'd been breathing in airport fog for so oh. long the next weirdly I went to bed and the next morning I wasn't very energetic but I got up and I went for a run I just felt I had to purge had mm. to purge the bags the lung bags yeah. of, of badness yeah, yeah. and just kind of reset but um, I'm sure other wow. stuff happened during that. I mean, I, I bumped into an enormous amount of strange people, as you do in an airport. But one guy, I swear, had a massive prolapse in the toilet when I went in there. I mean, the sound of it was just unbelievable. So it's like yeah. someone, someone throwing an, uh, an overfilled water balloon into the air and making it land on a marble floor. It just sounded ridiculous. Like, like, like no one's coming back from that. What, what on earth has happened in there? Oh my god! Well, anyway, um, I think well, it's, it's a bit of a but blow for to the everyone. German reputation for efficiency there. Yeah, I mean, that was it not it, like it was a right old shambles yeah, at Frankfurt Airport. It wasn't. German That's a efficient. weird airport as well, isn't it? Because I, I've been there, and it's like it feels like it's got security checks all over the place. Yes, like with the security checks sort of within compartmentalized. Well, or it's snail shaped. Where you're constantly going round and further into the inn. I do feel like I did extra security on top of the security, and luckily mm. I packed light because I was trying to be efficient. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute. Were you you? Yeah, I was going to say, do you have a case or not? Just a bag? Like I just a had a, I, I had a I had a Mercedes um, SLS Weekender bag actually, an official AMG bag that I got on the <laughs> launch of the SLS and. It is an official AMG part number on it. I think it still has the tag on it. So you had your you had your Skoda Enyaq water bottle in your Mercedes SLS bag. Yes, I did. Was there anything that you'd actually paid for about your purse? Yes, I did. I, and there was plenty of paid for items. Uh, I will say okay, that now, good. plenty of paid for items. You weren't wearing a pair of Nissan Almira trousers or anything? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm trying to think if there's any other freebies that I had. No, I didn't. Well, I had a Rimac ru- Jeep fleece. I haven't got a Jeep. I'd never had a Jeep fleece. Welcome to the really? Jeep fleece. Welcome to the Jeep fleece. Welcome to the Jeep fleece. Ah, who was that by? Was that by the Wonder Stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'd never like that song. Sounds better with nah. the Jeep fleece. <laughs> oh, on that note, you, uh, I sent you a message. I was trying to cheer you up after your Frankfurt ordeal. And I sent you that message about my new game and you didn't respond. Is this the, what, the curry? No, 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 no. You take... Uh, 
a song that has the word heart in the lyrics or the title, and you replace the word heart with the word Saab. Oh, yeah, that was quite good, actually. Well, I wish yeah. you'd said that. Oh, I felt well, quite, <laughs> quite, quite blanked. I was going to send you some examples, and, and, and you were a bit like, you just think, didn't reply, and I was like, oh, dear. He's I think they're polite. Recovering from... Yeah, I think I was. I was. Uh, I had bigger fish to fry, as they say. I think I was <laughs> just trying to deal with, with just the stress of it all and the come, the come down. It was a bit of a come down. Yeah. No, no, Not fair enough. I, was, I, I left my Saab in San Francisco. It was one of my best ones, I think. Oh, that's nice. It's yeah. a it's a bit like the it's very similar. That is a good game. Maybe the listeners can play it, and it's the same as changing anything from heaven to Devon. That's always good. Yeah, well. I still enjoy that one. Yeah, I mean, I used to because I'll be honest. I used to change heart to arse quite a lot. I used to do that. Total eclipse. Tell of the it arse. to my arse. <laughs> but but in a way, it's sort of like the arse heart to arse can run in parallel with the heart, heart to Saab game heart because to arse. they cover different bases and they work in different songs. Last Christmas I gave you my Saab I think works better than Last Christmas I gave you my arse so that, I, I mean you could do both It would be a chaotic uh, Unusual yeah. Christmas <laughs> But Madonna's uh, Open your arse to me is a bit rude Whereas yes. Madonna's open your Saab to me Just sounds like she wants to put some stuff in the boot So oh, it yeah. sort of works on a more gentle level It I goes think. from being um, Hyper smutty to just being quite suave yeah. And uh, oh you've got a, a Really safe well equipped car yeah. Um, can I have a lift? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Saab. Well, I think have, have we had this conversation about Saabs before? It's I've never owned a Saab. I feel like it, no, it's I've something. Never owned a Saab. I feel slightly guilty that I haven't. <laughs> it's weird. It's really and I and I was when I was. <laughs> it's all right. They don't exist anymore. Yeah, no, they, there's no need to. Well, they sort. I mean, guilty. the building exists, and there's apparently there's a yeah. bit of Chinese R and D going on in it. I don't know what. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I think if, if ever there was an EV waiting to happen, it would be a, a Saab badged one with lots of amazing God, yeah, interior. Really, um, pivots the Saab name into EVs. It feels like it's sort of compatible, isn't it? All that kind of yeah, Scandinavian social conscience and stuff would would sit well with Saab. And you but, can have a um, vegan that's just got instead of calling it ludicrous mode or balls out mode or, or whatever Tesla would will call it, Saab just calls mm. it vegan mode. Yeah, it just means like ridiculous, or just jet mode or something. Yeah, just they could still silly jet. I'd like leverage a, all that. I very much like a Saab. I I don't know if it'll be anticlimactic, but I quite like the really late ones, the very last of the nine threes. Were they or the nine fives? Nine yeah, threes? yeah. Well, the so the the nine five that was the last nine five. Yeah, it was quite new when Saab went under. Mm. I drove one of those and it felt a little bit unfinished. Mm. Like it just dynamically, it just felt like they could have probably spent a few more months on it, and it would have just been. Which could you, you know, could you sure could you buy it and finish it yourself? Is it one of those cars? I do wonder. You know, know just do a few it. It choice felt a bit loose, like it needed better shock absorbers or something. But um, well, that's all possible. Yeah, but then, not long before the end of Saab, well, I was still working at the BBC, and we used to get hire cars sometimes to go on shoots and. It was always a bit of a lottery and quite exciting in a way because you never knew what you you know we were supposed to get category B cars from Avis or Hertz or whoever, but they used to send all manner of nonsense over and um, and and one day I went to pick up a hire car and it was a Saab nine three estate diesel automatic oh and I thought ah now hmm this I bet is going to feel a bit terrible and it was a deeply charming car. It was, was really it? nice. And yeah, and for some reason, 
we kept in the office we kept needing just a spare car to go places we hadn't got press car in so we kept extending the booking on this hire car and i gave it to a colleague to use for something and then he gave it back to me because i needed to go somewhere and we ended up keeping this car for like two weeks i thought it had gone back to the hire company and then one of my colleagues turned upon a shoot in it and i was like my Saab's here again. Yay! And it was... we, Yeah, we had it at least two weeks. And, and I drove it probably sort of on three separate occasions during that two weeks. And it was just a really nice car. I need, I don't know if I've driven one of those, but I know they're second-hand bargains now, very much. Yeah. Absolute bargain. I think that's the thing. But I think they sort of sorted that car out because I remember driving it when it was new and thinking it was sort of, yeah, okay, better than the previous one that was very sort of Vauxhall-y. That was the one. That's the song I couldn't stop singing to myself around the house when I was before I messaged you about my game. Was Moby's "Why Does My Saab Feel So Bad?" And, uh, and, and I was thinking it's probably because it's one of the GM era ones. Well, it does not that good. That's quite a sad Feels song. So to, bad. It's yeah, quite, yeah, it's quite a blue song. Oh, I, yeah. I, that could work. I like that. What what Saab was that? What was what was the weakest? What, what was Moby's Saab? It was probably a, um, the first of the new generation nine hundreds. Oh yeah, they were very. They weren't very well sorted, were they? they were That's right. It, it's one of those. It looked quite nice, but yeah, it did look good. A friend of mine had a two-door or three-door turbo. One of those. Why well, does my they, they? You can tweak them up, can't you? Because the turbos, you can tweak them up. But then I believe the um, yes is in those or the nine thousands, the nine fives. The gearbox is the weak link. Yeah. A lot of people, people buy those Saabs, and well, in the last ten years, most a lot of people have bought those Saabs as engine donors for other cars, mostly Vauxhalls. They're a really popular engine donor because the engine's worth more than uh, the rest of the car. So yeah. you just buy them. So I think they are going to be really rare. They could be rare, mm. but nobody cares. I think they kind of come into that category. Um, oh shit! That will. <laughs> I just thought of another song. If you were selling a Saab and you suspected that the buyer was just going to part it out and use the engine, yes. Um, don't go breaking my Saab by uh, Elton John and Kiki D. I, I, I couldn't if I tried because I'm a, I'm a mechanic <laughs> yeah, I moron. You promise you're not going to just yank the engine out? Don't go breaking my Saab. Um, That's great. I love that. Can you imagine? Imagine that seventy seven or eighties Elton John off his face probably <laughs> trying to like jack a car up really high on a wobbly jack with no axle stands, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's just swigging like vintage wine whilst like picking the wrong size spanner and just rounding all the the heads off the bolts. <laughs> it's okay, I love this out. I love this out in the hour. I love it. I love it within the hour. You won't, Elton. You're, really, you're no, not you doing won't. that properly. You won't. He's wearing a terrible tracksuit. <laughs> it's got a load of power steering oil all over it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Oh, uh, holy shit. Hmm? Uh, I have to tell you this. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's a very tenuous link, but fuck it. We, uh, yes. Celebrities and cars, um, we're not going back. Uh, to Sade again however in that same show where we first went heavy on Sade I think um, you mentioned Robert Plant yes I did well uh, a listener called Dan Wright got in touch <laughs> he said uh, uh, following this week's podcast which was a couple of weeks ago I finally remember to pop you a message after you asked what car does Sade drive unfortunately I do not have the answer to this but it did remind me of a previous podcast reference to Robert Plant and what he drives and his detailing habits. We did talk about that, didn't we? Oh, because he enjoys that, that magazine extract, which said, back when they were together, he said, I love cleaning cars. Yeah. Yeah, some, well, some people say it's boring, but I dig it. 
it was very 70s the way he said it get your head holes around this uh dan says circa 2016-17 i was a sales manager at a worcestershire jlr garage robert plant bought my demonstrator a 4000 mile jaguar xfs three liter diesel oh yeah good as in his words in his words he likes fuel economy and can't stand losing the vat on a new car (laughs) is that what he said yeah can't stand the demo yeah can again can't stand losing the vat um yeah i got that zip off sting um (laughs) dan goes on to say uh, not only that he bought the in-house super guard protection because he's not much of a fan of cleaning cars so oh robert's had a distinct change of heart in his old age oh bugger although well i i we, we we had um, the smith and sniff at gmail.com. We had an email from a chap called... <laughs> this is a lovely letter. Digital letter, obviously. Guys, I very much enjoyed hearing about Sade's RX-8. What a twist to that story. Speaking of famous people, I've got a short story about... <laughs> Buggery, this is funny. Hang oh, on. it's this <laughs> one, this yes. One. I, had, <laughs> I had the privilege of working with a few years ago but was warned but was warned by the studio engineer to park my car as far away as possible as was not known for his driving skills while sitting in the studio with the engineer I heard the (laughs) I heard the unmistakable sound of a vehicle hitting and scraping something in a fairly major way I looked outside (laughs) and Mr had arrived in a BMW E36 in extremely basic spec <laughs> while manoeuvring around another car at this very tight studio car park and scraped the entire left side of the car and <laughs> scraped the entire left side of the car on a raised step resulting in a large <laughs> resulting in a massive gouge from the hubcap no alloys obviously down the door and the three quarter panel he parked his bog spec beamer and just got out a normal person would have inspected for damage and been stressed out but didn't even bother to go round and look at the damage instead coming straight into the studio and getting straight to work the engineer told me later that day he would get another 800 quid runabout and the cycle would then be repeated he refused to spend any money on a car at all if you'd like to read this out on the podcast i'd be very honored oh but i asked you didn't read down did you oh but i'd ask if you don't use my name right <laughs> so now i'm gonna to have to bleep out i'm going to have to bleep his name out i'm gonna bleep the listener's name and the bleep the name of the singer you knew that was coming didn't you I did. Yes, because I read down, but I thought I'm not going to interrupt him. I'm going to wait for him I didn't, to clatter into this. I don't. I don't read down. man trap. I don't read, don't read down. down. <laughs> I don't read down. You absolute <laughs> bassoon. Right. Anyway, well, there we go. There's oh. some bleeps been added to that in the uh, post production <laughs> because Johnny doesn't read down emails no. before setting off. No, I don't. Um, I don't. If I'm you'd like to send us a message and have your confidentiality breached, then um, send it to Johnny at... <laughs> send it to Lorraine Kelly at Lorraine Gmail. Kelly. Lorraine at... <laughs> you know, we scoff at like businesses that have elite plumbing at hotmail.com on the vans, but I realise that we are guilty of it as well. We don't have a bespoke email address. It's a bit tawdry, but... Is it, is it dodgy? Does it spell dodginess? Well, we don't have Smith & Sniff. 
as a domain, do we? So oh, I shouldn't have mentioned that either, because now someone will go and buy oh, it. We'll, have to, well we... we've got to buy it now before this goes out, you bastard. I might have to. Shh. You sweat. Hang on, just checking. Smithandsniff.com. Can't find server. Yay, no one's got that. <laughs> and funny enough, no, it seems like no one's had the had even thought of buying it, which is a bit weird, because everything gets bought these days. Everything um, does get bought. Doesn't it? It's yeah. like... You know, you have catbuggery.com and someone's already sitting on it and wants to charge £600 for it. Not that I've tried to buy catbuggery.com, just to be clear about that. Um, I'm looking at my list of stuff I want to talk about this week and I've, I've just got Robert Plant's XF. And um, uh, <laughs> did you see last week there was a press release went out about there's a new Ford Ranger Raptor special edition did you see this? Uh, you probably no, I didn't. Ranger, I've heard that, that. I know that there is a Ranger. Or, or I knew there was one coming, but well, there's a new Ranger coming, and I think this is the last hurrah for the current shape Ranger Raptor, which is a car we we liked we drove. We yeah, we we enjoyed that Wideo. Yeah, yeah, good, good, amusing car. Do you know who's bought one of those? I'm not sure if this is no common knowledge or something I should be saying, but you know we're 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 all being very loose. I'm going to say Richard Hammond. Close. He did some promotional work for it. But yeah. No. Actually, bought one. TV's Jeremy Clarkson. Did he? For his oh, farm. for for the farm, and he bought a Raptor, yeah. not just a base yeah. model. God, if he was. No, no. I think he's bought. It. I think he's now bought it. It's. it's I mean, it's, it's technically his his. Well, it's a, it's a work. It's a work vehicle, but, isn't it? Well, yeah, and they work on the farm, and his his partner Lisa runs the farm shop, and she um she was doing it in a, in a Range Rover and it was getting a bit fucked up so it's like get a pickup get a proper working you got, yeah you've got to get a pickup but no, the but reason it, I bring it, this up is because this press release went out for the um, for the special edition which is just called the Ranger Raptor special edition I think and the headline of the press release was now with extra badass as standard Ford introduces exclusive Ranger Raptor special edition pickup oh what they've written badass as two words with a hyphen in the middle and in inverted commas. Now, I looked this up. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, badass is one word. I think it so is one word. Yeah, what they've written in the headline of this press release is now with extra badass, as in, like, a poor quality bum. Bottom. Yeah. Uh, now with extra shitty anus. Ford introduces exclusive Why did nobody go? No, ba- bad ass is different from badass. You've written it wrong. Uh, yeah, muddy, muddy balloon knot ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's... Is that the angle you're going for with it? Now with low-quality tea towel holder, it's the new Ford Ranger Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> They've, I think that's uh, that's up. not anyway, worked, has it? That's, that's not, not worked. worked. At all. Um, oh, and one other thing on my list is uh, a couple of days ago, I saw a man wearing Snap-on branded trousers. Snap-on trousers. Snap-on trousers. Like not literally, but uh, it would be like being a Lego person. But yeah, had um, had some trousers with Snap-on. Really. Uh, have they got? Have they got a <laughs> lifetime like, guarantee? So, say if you went into a, I don't know, a breakdancing club after work, and you thought I'm going to yeah. give it everything, and you um, yeah. and you split the seams when you were going for some windmill manoeuvre, and yeah. then you just instantly phone up Snap-on on Monday, the guy with the van, and go, "Listen, I've trashed my trousers. Can you come and get me another?" <laughs> so it's Thirty-four waist. <laughs> 
Go, yeah, no problem. I'm not even going to ask what you were doing in a lifetime guarantee. No, so. that's it. We don't have is to ask. Is it Trousers just... for Life? Is that Trousers for Life with Snap-on? Well, it's pretty handy. I wondered also, instead of having like a wardrobe, you have like a sort of metal cabinet with slide-out drawers in it that you keep your Snap-on trousers in. Maybe there's Snap-on socks and Snap-on T-shirts as well, but I don't know I'm if... sure there are Snap-on T-shirts. Yeah, there are. Can I just say, snap though... Snap-on I... trousers? Well, I, I don't rate Snap-on. I'm just going to put that out there. I think it's all just smoke and mirrors. I think it's ridiculous. I think the, the none of the cabinets look tasteful, and they're they're all more than any of the cards I've ever bought. And mm. I I've I've used numerous other tool companies, and always thought that the quality was no worse of a of a high end tool, you know. But they just don't shout about it. I think that the Snap Ons just the shouty American, constantly saying I'm the best when actually you're probably not the best. It's a bit like DJ Khaled. It's- I was going to say, it's the pit bull of it's, it's, uh, tools. Yeah, just, con- just constantly shouting shout. DJ itself. Khaled shouts, he proclaims his own name constantly, in, just yeah. in case anyone's forgotten, including himself. That's Snap-on. DJ Snap-on. Yeah, yeah DJ Snap-on. It's probably uh, Eurovision Song Contest next year. D- DJ um... Snap-on. <laughs> yeah, an absolute stroker. He's, uh... <laughs> I've heard professional mechanics say the same thing. Have you? That, yeah, that Snap-on is overpriced. I, th- I think it's just it feels a bit like <clears throat> you know um, a, a, a sinister drug um, cartel where once you're in it, you can't get out of it. That's what I think Snap-on's like. Once you've bought one thing from them, it's very it becomes mafioso. Like, well, you can't have any other make of tools, <laughs> and that's how you end up with the trousers. That's how you end up. With, you know, yeah, you're in deep when your clothes are coming from Strap-on as well. Strap-on, Stra- 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 <laughs> well, that's no, that's maybe how they Dr. hook Freud them in. Doctor to reception, please. That's how they hook them in. You know, like like dealers giving you a couple of free hits just to get you started, and then that brings you into the fold. Maybe you get a, a, a mysterious free. Snap on T-shirt through the post, and you go. Oh, I never ordered one. This is weird. And then just a little little note comes through the door, doorstep, going, "I know you. I, I see you've been looking for some snap on. You're thinking about buying some snap on tools. Yeah, have a free T-shirt, mate. These are normally forty quid. Have a go on that. I've got some trousers coming next week. They've got additional pockets and knee pads. You'll, you'll enjoy these. Have them. Lifetime guarantee. Doesn't matter what you're doing them. You could. Yeah. You could. You could kneel. You could run around on your knees on a gravel drive for an hour. We'll still replace them. It's fine. You could, um, you could really uh, get your knee down on a on a high performance motorcycle uh, without wearing any pants or leathers. <laughs> we'll just replace them. Not your knees, obviously they're fucked, but your, your trousers. Yes. You could shit yourself on a roller coaster. Yeah. And we'll be there with some fresh trousers. Oh, I um, you know, we were talking about air raid sirens being sinister. Um, yeah. Last podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, our friend Jonathan Gitlin, who's a lovely guy, British journalist, lives out in the states. Mm. Um, he's a he's a listener. He said, um, just wanted to 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 let you guys know about the air raid sirens in America during the Cold War that was powered by Chrysler V8s. Yes. Did you know about they were these? Hemis. I did. Weirdly, I think I've seen one in an American car museum, and I can't remember where. I mean, and it's, it's yeah, it, it, I, it's nutty, isn't it? I watched. I got sent. Jonathan sent me a link to uh, a, an early nineties Robbie Coltrane documentary on the BBC. I remember those; they mm. were really good. Mm. Um, where Robbie went to uh, Don Garlitz's garage, the legendary drag racer who had one. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a Chrysler V8 on a, a revolving uh, turntable with a worm gear, I think. So the 
the more it revved, the faster it went round on a turntable, and it um, and it made this 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 huge siren noise um, when it was mounted on the top of a building, and you could hear it for twenty five miles. Bloody how twenty five miles, and Christ. And it's just a V8 on top of the roof of a building that would just casually strike it around. And they run them on propane gas. They just had a couple of gas bottles, so they would strike them up using gas. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, like, I mean, wow. it's, it seems a very risky. You run it for too long and it's just going to overheat. Did it have a radiator? Must have done. I don't know if it did have a radiator. But I just wonder how it was getting air through it. Yeah. Know. Well, it might but, be going a bit too deep on this. <clears> I don't know. Um, but sure enough, you can get V8 air raid sirens. And, and of course, there's nothing more American than that. Amazing, isn't it? Um, look, we should probably um, bring this down the exit ramp to a stop. Um, but if uh, you've got anything you want to tell us about, I don't know, you found a straight six powered doorbell or something um, (laughs) do get in touch smithersniff at gmail.com do remember to clearly mark at the top if there's any specifics about not reading things out because otherwise Johnny will do that and I will have to bleep it in post-production oh I'm I'm really I'm sorry Richard I'm sorry avoid no it's fine it's okay I don't I don't actually know how to bleep things but I will I'll work it out and hopefully just use a doorbell noise or um okay yeah or a VA air raid siren noise yeah or DJ Khaled shouting Use that. Yeah. <laughs> Just DJ Khaled. Uh, okay. Um, before we go, three things to tell you. One, do you like watching stuff? Then uh, go to Johnny's solo YouTube channel, which is called The Late Break Show. Lots of good things on there, including, as of tomorrow, if you listen to this on a Monday, a test of the new Rimac. And as you watch it, bear in mind what Johnny went through to bring this to you. Do you know the irony um, of that? It's one of the last photos I took with that car. I put hmm. my passport arrested my passport on the carbon fiber rear bumper of it and took a photo an arty photo little did i realize oh that that would be significant yeah. in the several hours yeah. that came later oh, the and i've never taken a picture of my passport in an arty way before. no never no spooky uh, where were we yes two um if you like reading things i've got various books out one of them is called steel flies which is a spoof cold war thriller supposedly written by spoof car journalist roy lanchester and uh three short notice bit of trivia here we just mentioned robbie coltrane uh many years ago robbie coltrane called me a cheeky wee shite did he yeah he meant it affectionately <laughs> he's a very nice man loves his cars as well loves his old American he stuff. used to have really, ca- 50s really Cadillacs I know that mm, um, yeah, don't know if yeah. he still does in fact he, he's probably got more money these days from doing Harry Squatter obviously that probably. amazing fantasy yeah. story about a child that simply won't leave the house that he didn't pay for <laughs> <laughs> that's great story I do love those alright well anyway uh, thank you ever so much for listening to this Uh, there'll be another one same time next week until then thanks ever so much goodbye goodbye Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.